0: Hello, this is Courtney from Wonder in English. The Wonder in English community provides free online English lessons for students with an intermediate to advanced level of English. For the full version of this lesson, don't forget to check out wonderinenglish.com, w-o-n-d-e-r inenglish.com. So today's topic is about relationship advice. And before we actually get into the podcast, I'm going to list out a few vocabulary words that I want you guys to listen out for, and at the very end, I'm going to explain them. So hopefully you guys can understand them in the context. The first word is preach. The second word is snort. Then passive-aggressive. Recuperating, eroding, fester, impenetrable, hurdles, dismantle, and butterflies or butterflies in your stomach. And don't forget that there's actually even more words defined for you on wonderinenglish.com and a transcript of the podcast there as well so you can follow along when you're listening all right great now let's listen to the podcast today i wanted to talk to you guys about relationship advice specifically from older people that have been married for a really long time and they want to give us advice about how they made their relationships work So I found this advice online and I've heard these types of things over and over again. I find it useful for my own life and I also find it useful for learning English because there are a lot of proverbs or sayings that we recycle and use again and again when it comes to relationships. So it's like the same types of sentences worded the same way will be repeated across generations as advice. And those become what we call proverbs in English. One of the proverbs that people tend to say is don't go to bed angry. Do you guys have something similar to this in your language? This advice really helps people to not hold on to anger and to resolve all their issues before the new day begins. I personally don't agree with this advice for myself because I feel like I need the time and the space to process my feelings before I can talk to someone about them. However, I know plenty of people that follow and preach this advice, and it really helps them. So I think it depends on your personality. Listen to all these pieces of advice and take the ones that work for you and sound good to you, and leave the ones that don't. So one of the first things I'm going to mention today Is actually really commonly known in the marriage psychology field and we call it the four horsemen and basically what it is are the four things that tend to break up a marriage these are criticism defensiveness contempt and stonewalling so what are these and what do they look like in action Criticism is when you're judging somebody, and not just their behavior, but actually who they are as a person. It's not complaining. It's a little bit worse because you're attacking the core of who they are and their personality. Another thing to look out for is defensiveness. This comes up so often when we have conflicts with people. I think this is one of the most natural reactions that humans tend to have in arguments, is that we don't want to be culpable. We don't want to take the blame. So we become defensive and try to make the other person understand where we're coming from. However, defensiveness is one way to break down communication, not hear the other person, and never take full responsibility for your part in the problem. This is a way to leave the other person feeling like they haven't been heard, The third is contempt. When you hate someone or you really dislike them and you have this bitter taste in your mouth towards them, that is contempt. So contempt takes place in marriages all the time. For example, when you roll your eyes at somebody or you snort at what they're saying, or if you're in a group context and you're using a joke or humor to make them look bad or to make your partner feel less, all of these passive-aggressive behaviors Show a contempt or dislike for the person that you're with. The last of the four horsemen is stonewalling. So if you imagine a stonewall, nothing will get past it. And this is what we're talking about figuratively with communication and emotion. So when you're stonewalling someone in a relationship, you become unresponsive to anything that they do. So you're not trying to make it work. You're not trying to meet them halfway or connect with them emotionally or communicate with them about issues. You're just there and you're tolerating them, but you're not really engaging with them at all. By the time it gets to the stonewalling stage, I think that there's really no recuperating a relationship because stonewalling shows that there's no desire to recuperate a relationship. So of course, these things happen every once in a while. I mean, maybe you'll make a joke about your partner or you'll criticize them, but realizing that every time you do this, you're eroding the foundation of your relationship. I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. So as long as you're aware of what you're doing and keeping it to a minimum, I think that that will help you in the long run and serve as really positive relationship advice. Another piece of advice that I liked online was somebody talking about something called a five rule. So whenever they were in a fight with their husband or their wife, they asked themselves if that fight would matter in five days, five months, and five years. If it mattered in five days and not in five months, then it's something that you could quickly resolve and learn to let go of. However, if it's something that you knew could progress grow worse, and fester to be something huge and impenetrable within five years. At that point, then you know you need to address the issue in a very serious way. Everyone who gave advice always pointed back to communication. So whenever you have these arguments and difficulties in life that are unavoidable, everyone goes through them. The only way to resolve it is through communication. One person said, Sweat the small stuff which is actually the opposite of a normal saying where we say, don't sweat the small stuff. If we say, don't sweat the small stuff, that means you don't get mad about all the little things. So you don't criticize your partner for not taking out the trash. You don't get mad at them for being late. All the little things that maybe they forget to do. You kind of ignore those and let those go. But this person said, actually, you should sweat the small stuff. Although I don't agree with that statement, I do see where they're coming from. And the reason why they said that is because they want people to develop the skill of communication to resolve the little things that bother them in order to actually be able to tackle the bigger hurdles in life that require a lot more strength in their communication skills. So I definitely think that this, in that sense, is positive advice. If you don't ever learn to discuss and dismantle the little things that tend to build up between you two over time, how could you possibly tackle the mountain that might appear a few years later? So learning how to build that foundation of communication is extremely important. And I think that I'm going to talk about this in another podcast episode this month. Because if you haven't picked up on it, this month's podcasts are going to be centered around relationships. Another piece of advice that I really loved was somebody saying to never sleep in separate beds. Now, I've seen older couples who sleep in the same bed, and I've also seen some who sleep in separate beds. And of course, you never really know what's going on behind the scenes, internally between just them. But I do personally believe that one of the most important ways to connect with your partner Is intimately through sex. So if you never sleep in the same bed, I feel like you're kind of removing that layer of intimacy and making it more like a friendship. There's just a little bit more distance there than I would prefer. So I think that it of course depends on the couple. If you like to sleep in separate beds, you know, the more power to you. But I also think that there's a great strength and having that unity and that special time together that no one else can share with you. And I think something else that can kind of go hand in hand with this is that your loyalty really should be to your spouse and not to your children. I think that a lot of people are guilty of this. Once they have kids, their relationship is focused on their children. And I completely understand that because you have to take care of these living things that are going to die if you don't do your best to to provide for them and to care for them, I understand. However, the greatest gift that you can give your children is a happy marriage. Having your kids around a stable, happy couple is so enriching to them and so healthy for them that really the focus should be on you and your partner and your relationship before the kids. So taking that time alone in bed And not having the kids that are sleeping with you, I think is a great step in that direction. Another wonderful piece of advice is to realize that it's better to be happy than it is to be right. And that's so true. And also to have a sense of humor with your relationship and with conflicts that arise. If you can just face life with a great sense of humor, everything will be so much easier. And I think the most important piece of advice is choosing who your partner is. So you come together through romantic love initially, but what keeps you together after 20, 30, 40 years of marriage is that friendship, your ability to communicate, your willingness to give, and your commitment to each other. So if that friendship is there and that foundation is strong, From the very beginning, then even when those romantic butterflies in your stomach start to fade away, you'll still have the beautiful thing that was already left there underneath it. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned now for a description of the vocabulary words that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. Great, thanks so much guys for listening to that podcast. So the first word that I talked about was preach. Preach and to preach something is when you earnestly advocate for something. So if I preach about veganism, that means I'm a huge advocate for veganism and I try to get other people to be vegan too, by talking about it. So preaching is also something that pastors do when they stand up in front of the church and talk about God. So it's something that we specifically use with religion and also with anything that you really support. Snort. Snort is that sound that you make with your nose when air comes flying out. So it's kind of like an explosive sound and it's from the sudden forcing of the breath through your nose. This is something that we use to express indignation or being upset about something or something maybe that you don't believe. Passive-aggressive. So if you're passive-aggressive, this happens a lot in relationships, and I feel like people will say, oh, I just, I can handle everything, but just not passive-aggressiveness. Like, that's just too annoying. And this is a quality that is negative. It's basically stemming from this kind of resistance to others' demands or an avoidance of confrontation. So if you don't want to deal with an issue then maybe you'll be passive aggressive because you'll be upset but you don't actually want to talk about it. The other way you might be passive aggressive is if someone is asking you to do something or they have certain expectations of you that you don't agree with but you again don't want to talk about it or you don't have really the authority to say no, then you could just be passive aggressive. So this materializes in a lot of different forms. So you could be pouting, meaning you have this kind of sad face and walking around moping around all upset all day you could misplace something that's important to that person so if you're passive aggressive with your boss or with a co-worker you could purposely not do your job well or hide something that they need in order to make them upset or to bother them and get back at them because you don't want to talk to them about how upset you are recuperating When you recuperate, you recover or you regain something that's been lost or taken from you. So if someone is sick, they can recuperate after surgery, or you can recuperate lost funds, like lost money. So it's regaining something that you no longer have. Eroding. This is to gradually destroy. So you actually also use this when talking about things with sand. So for example, rocks, mountains, riverbeds, things that are composed of sand, whether it be really compact sand or loose sand, these can erode with the wind. So as the winds blow, it erodes the sides of mountains and makes things, you know, smaller. It can also erode with the sea as well. So it can be used in that literal sense, or it can just mean to gradually destroy something so if it erodes your relationship over time it slowly destroys it fester when you say that something is festering it basically means that something negative like a negative feeling or a problem becomes worse and worse because you've neglected it or you've sort of been indifferent to it like not really caring about dealing with it So if I'm really, really upset about one thing and I never talk about it and I just try to deal with it on my own by ignoring it, then this problem can fester and actually grow bigger than if I just dealt with the issue and gotten rid of whatever that problem was. Impenetrable. This means that it's impossible to pass through or enter something. Hurdles. A hurdle is an obstacle or a difficulty. There's another meaning to this word. And if you think about when people are running on the track team and they're jumping over those tall stands of wood, that's a hurdle. So you have to run and jump over it. And it takes a lot of exertion and a lot of effort. And we sort of have taken this and adapted it into a more figurative idea of hurdles in life. These are things that are obstacles in front of us that we have to figure out how to overcome or how to jump over them. Dismantle. When you dismantle something, you take it apart so that it ends up in pieces. So for example, if I'm moving and I have a big piece of furniture, like a big bed, I might take that apart and that would be called dismantling it. Butterflies or butterflies in your stomach. So when you feel very nervous, but also very excited about something, this is when you say you have butterflies, typically butterflies in your stomach. We normally are saying this when we're talking about new love interests. If I'm about to go on my first date with somebody, I might say to my mom or to my friend, oh, I have such butterflies right now. You could also say that for an interview if you were nervous and excited but it's more than just anxiety, it's also that excitement, it's also that positivity. So remember that you're not just using this in a situation that's negative. All right guys, that's all the vocab I'm gonna explain here on the podcast, but don't forget to check out wonderinenglish.com because I have the full transcript there and more vocabulary defined for you. I also have a free ebook on there that is a collection of the most common errors that advanced English speakers make. So I know a lot of people have gotten to a point in their fluency where they're very advanced, but for whatever reason, all of my students, despite their language backgrounds, tend to make these same few errors. And I think by knowing them, you'll be able to fix them and really sound so much more native-like. So I highly suggest logging into wonderinenglish.com. You'll see that on the front homepage, there's an option to download your free ebook And I would do that and take a look at those common mistakes so that you can avoid them. All right, guys, I'll see you next week. Bye.